0: KP.
1: KPC. News.
0: Information. Culture. KPCC.
1: California Sensibility.
0: Hey, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca
2: Lair. And we are the Mashup Americans. We like to ask questions about American identity and, you know, just try to get some answers.
0: We're always trying. Sometimes (laughs) we're more successful than not. But I would say, you know, if successful can be defined as ending up with More questions?
2: Yes. I mean, I think that's how Socrates would define it or something like that. Well, I'm going to align myself with Socrates on this one. (laughs)
0: All right. So, Rebecca, here's a question. Yes. Have you ever had a shamrock shake?
2: What is a shamrock shake
0: what is this friendship that you don't know what <laughs> shamrock shakes are
2: <laughs> no but Wait. really seriously tell me what is it sounds crazy and i'm going to google it oh my as you god tell me. i'm
0: getting like goosebumps as i speak <laughs> um shamrock shakes are one of mcdonald's brilliant inventions that they release in march it's like a limited edition milkshake that is this like otherworldly shade of green Mm. and it's like mildly minty and it's it's available to all to celebrate the irish no i mean like growing up in the chicago suburbs where um you know you go down to see the river turned fluorescent green every year and everybody is suddenly like emerging as an irish person with like a hat and an orange (laughs) and green pin um shamrock shakes were like an annual ritual they're amazing Okay, so I've just Googled them. They
2: look incredible. <laughs> my sense is probably 10,000 to 500,000 calories. Uh, and definitely has a maraschino cherry on top. But I, mm, yeah, this part. was not a thing in California that I know of. So I've, <laughs> you know, I, this was not my experience. I definitely wore green in order to not be pinched in school and sometimes would forget and then feel really embarrassed that I didn't wear green because like my parents <laughs> had no idea that this was a thing. And, um, but it's, really funny because this idea of being irish for a day like that's a funny thing right can you be a jew for a day i don't
0: know that's
2: a really good
1: question i don't
0: know you've definitely (laughs) i mean you've i've adopted you as a korean for certain days yeah well you know in my heart
2: i mean (laughs) we here are all about celebrating people who celebrate their heritage and like bringing their whole selves to everything they do. But then it also feels pretty gross when you see people claim a tribe or identity just because it's cool for one moment or because it makes a good photo op, which was something Mm. we see a lot of in St. Patrick's Day with specifically our current government. So there were millions of photos of Paul Ryan, of Kellyanne Conway, Mick Mulvaney, and maybe even Steve Bannon wearing green. Those are just the grossest people.
0: (laughs) To be honest, as somebody who grew up around white people who suddenly all seemed to become Irish in March, like I didn't notice that. But somebody who did have a lot to say about this particular topic is our guest today, Maeve Higgins, a recent Irish immigrant to the U.S. Maeve
2: is the host and creator of Maeve in America, a podcast that explores all about what it means to be an immigrant in America today. She's an Irish visa holder, maybe soon to be Irish American, and she has a few thoughts about these Irish when it's convenient people.
1: As soon as I started to pay attention to who Trump was surrounded with, it was really like the scales fell away. And I was like, oh, my God, there are so many Irish Americans in his, I guess, cabinet. Like there's uh, Spicer, Pence, Ryan, Kellyanne Conway. There was a guy, his name is like Mullaney, who was like defending the cuts to foreign aid while he was wearing a shamrock, which is like a symbol of Irishness. And like so many people left because of the famine in Ireland. And he was on TV wearing this symbol, talking about how, like, it wasn't his problem, there was famines in the rest of the world. Like, so it just really crystallised for me, like, this St. Patrick's Day, which is, like, a day kind of given over in D.C. and in many cities around the U.S. to, like, Irishness. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's funny because, in a way, that's touching, right? It's like, oh, these people are connected to their immigrant heritage. But then there's actually like, they have that in a, one little box that doesn't seem to play into the rest of their lives often, because I don't know how you could hold that in one place, and then in another place, you could say, like, we're banning refugees, which is exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of think, well, then you can't have that, like, that's not yours. Right. <laughs> you, you, you've you got to take it all. At yeah, one time. and I mean, um, the president made a little video of, like, the St. Patrick's Day celebrations with, like, our Taoiseach, that's, like, our prime minister, and And the video had, like, bagpipes playing Amazing Grace. Like, bagpipes are Scottish. Like, Amazing Grace is English. Like, it's all muddled up. (laughs) It's, like, all muddled up. And, And the other thing is, like, that I guess I talked about on my show with Chris O'Dowd was, like, we do this presentation where like the Irish people give the American people like a bowl of shamrocks, which is basically like a weed from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and and also like, I guess our prime minister was advocating for Irish undocumented people. And while I think there should be a path to citizenship for everyone that's undocumented, actually, that's what I, I think and, and believe, think is possible to But I'm like, you can't just select one group and like, oh, guess what's different about them? Like, they're mainly white. It's, It's just like too blatant for me now. I can't ignore it. It's kind of like we're a classic example of this group of immigrants who pull the ladder up after ourselves. What about faith? Like the way everyone's Catholic in Mm -hmm. Ireland. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That thing. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, that still has a huge role in Irish life. Does it in Irish American life as much? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, the expressions of Irish America, when you look at, say... The St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York is a good example where gay people were not allowed to march under their own banner up until last year. Mm. So, like, that's a very Catholic overhanging thing, I think. Um, I mean, if you look at Mike Pence's stance on abortion, again, that's very Catholic, very Irish Catholic Um, abortion is still banned in Ireland you cannot get an abortion in Ireland you have to go to England I don't know the percentage of like Catholics in Irish America but I get a very Catholic vibe Mm -hmm. (laughs) just radiating Catholicism (laughs) yeah yeah
0: what has your experience been or like I guess what was your expectation and then what what has been your lived experience of Irish America
1: I actually didn't think about it a lot. Like, it's funny, my relationship to Irish America is that, like, I grew up in Cove, which is like a harbor town where very many people left from during, like, the big waves of emigration from Ireland. So we'd have kind of like Americans in, like, finding your roots. Yeah, like, knocking (laughs) on our door and, like, taking pictures with us and stuff. Like, and it was always like (laughs) a a cute thing, but it was kind of like, oh, like, so my my relationship with Irish America was like oh they left and like it's Bur- Ireland's very much like a country like where people leave from so when i got here i wasn't like looking for like what i wasn't looking for them at all <laughs> and i was like Here, I moved to New York specifically so that I would, like, meet a ton of people from everywhere. And, like, I think this city, like, attracts people that are, like, curious and ambitious and, like, from everywhere. And that's, like, what makes one of the things that make this city, like, really interesting and fun and, like, hard to live in. Like, it's, like, you know, a messy place. What is the kind of first question you get when people hear your accent? A really fun, cool thing for me is I get even less questions here than I did, like, in England, about, like, where are you from or, like, when did you get here? I don't know if it's, like, because people are busy. <laughs> but I actually don't get a ton of questions. And, uh, I mean, often people, like, don't understand what I'm saying at the start. You know, just, like, That's in so co- interesting. coffee places. Mm-hmm. And I have to slow down. And then I get teased a lot when I do go back to Ireland because I sound American. <laughs> right. What's your Starbucks <laughs> name? Oh, Sarah. S-A-R-A um obviously yeah Maeve Sarah same same (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean if I get into a conversation about like being Irish it is an Irish American who's asking me and then like they tell me where their great grandparents were from and we have like that kind of just short you know like that's where they're from oh Mm -hmm.
0: cool
2: I know that place (laughs) Mm -hmm. I used to get drunk there in college right
1: (laughs)
0: It's interesting, too, like, I always think, like, when you are a generation or two or five or six removed from your roots, like the motherland, for lack of a better term, then you're also so hungry for a connection.
1: Yeah. And I definitely didn't respect that when I first got here. Like, I was like, okay, Irish America, you're your own thing. Like, fine. Yeah, I was talking to this journalist about just some stuff that was happening around St. Patrick's Day. And he was saying that his great grandparents came from Ireland and that he never had thought about it or cared. And he didn't. It wasn't. But like now he's got this like longing. You know, he's like 40 now and he's just started to try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it was very came. It was very honest and it was very deeply held to him. And so then I was like, God, like, how would I feel? Because I don't know, because I didn't even leave Ireland myself until I was in my late 20s. I don't know what that would be like. And as well. You know, to claim, like, the beautiful parts of Ireland, that's, like, a great joy, right? right. You know, the music and some of the um, the writing that we've had. And- you too, Bono. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, um, listen. No. I'll still cry, with or without you, oh my God. will cry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See the stone set in your eyes. See the thorn twist in your
2: side. I'll wait for you
0: Maeve is the best uh, we'll be back to our conversation with her in a second but quick reminder, if you haven't done it yet please head over to iTunes.com slash mashup and give us Cinco estrellas. we love to see your love and it really helps other people find us iTunes.com slash mashup back to our interview with Maeve
2: with you with When you think about putting roots here and what America means, how would you describe how that has changed?
1: You know, sometimes I'm like, well, I pay tax here and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I don't have a vote here, but um, I don't have a vote in Ireland either because we don't have that 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 you can vote from abroad like Americans do. That's been hard because I'm like, oh, how can I use my voice? Like, how can I be part of like this community here uh, without like a vote? And like, no, I'm going to call a senator, but it's not my senator. You know, like what I love about your show is that like you do celebrate the mashup and the diversity and the inclusion of all these words. (laughs) I had this one guest on. Uh, Yossi Reyes and he's like um, a really brilliant artist like spoken word hilarious guy and uh, he was saying that you know I by
2: the way don't usually think of those two words together spoken right? word and hilarious. oh my god
1: I was telling my producer I saw him and I was like please don't worry I was like we have to book him but before you say anything let me let believe me he is hilarious Rebecca is the biggest
0: supporter of the arts that you will ever meet, she has a (laughs) mental block, which many of us do, to poetry and spoken word and that's fair I think it's that's a, more it spoken word
2: i would mean be fair and actually many of your fellow countrymen's poetry I happen to love I just want to throw that out there
1: yeah okay? because, because Irish people are too mumbly and shy to like stand up on a stage and just like <laughs> hold forth like make yeah. eye contact with you no we don't do that we just like put it in books that we're mortified about and we hide it under the bog but like under the
2: spoken. bog definitely just under a bog so many things in those bogs wait bog what is a bog <laughs> yeah?
1: I mean, what made me think of that is like Seamus Heaney's poem about yeah. digging under the turf and stuff. But like, no, I know. But then I was
2: like, is a bog something I don't think it is? Like, is it like?
1: No, it's like, you know, like it's like, like a marsh. Tough. right? Yeah, it's
0: like okay. a marsh. Yeah, it's like turf. So Rebecca asking that question is the perfect lead in because I've read in um, it was an interview that you had done, I think relatively recently. And you said the line that like saying to us because it's our governing principle in mashup, which is. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. Not knowing right now in our culture is like, like, pounced upon and punished and like you're a fool and Mm -hmm. if you don't know you you should be curious and ask questions and then amend your behavior your thinking accordingly Mm -hmm. it's nice to be open to that right being like what is a bog (laughs) maybe Irish people call bog something different (laughs) yeah I know maybe that's actually just like your nether regions like we don't know (laughs) I was like is a bog
2: a mailbox no I thought it was a marsh oh really (laughs) no I know no uh speaking of which um we want to talk about languages with you. Mm-hmm. So, we heard that Gaelic isn't your best language, but I was wondering like do you speak it? What do your does your family speak it? Can you tell
1: us what your relationship is to Gaelic? What my nana was a, you know, Gore is like someone who speaks Irish all the time at home and with their family. And they live Uh. in Gaeiltucts, which are like the little parts of Ireland where everyone speaks Gaelic or Irish, like I say Irish. So like small communities of people speaking. Yeah. And like very small. I think it might be like it's less than one percent of like the whole population. So that's like, what is that, like two people? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a very small number of people. Your grandma um, and (laughs) and, and, and her her (laughs) brother and sister. I mean, everybody speaks English. And like we um, learn Irish in school and it's kind of like a running, it's like, you know, when the when we were colonised, the Irish language was banned, right? So, like, it was really uh, snuffed out a lot and you weren't allowed to speak it and you got in a lot of trouble if you spoke it or taught it. Um, so then, I mean, I guess you'd think that, like, when, when the English did leave or when they were forced out um, that we would like reclaim it and some people did but most didn't actually
0: What do you speak when you speak to your grandmother?
1: Well no because she spoke English then like she grew oh. up in the Gwaeltacht and then she left and like moved and then oh. so she didn't she didn't speak to me in Irish she spoke to me in English yeah
0: Oh it's so challenging right? I have one grandmother who's still alive, and she lives in Chicago. She immigrated here from Korea after we were, I mean, I was 14. So, I mean, my parents had been in the country for 20-some years at that Mm. point, and we had, you know, multiple aunts and uncles. So many of her children were American at that point. Even now, she's in a nursing home in Chicago, and if I go, I have to bring a translator with me. Wow. Because she speaks a few words of English and my Korean is like, I can understand when people speak to me, but I can't speak yeah. back to her. So if I go see my grandma, like an aunt has to come with me or a cousin that speaks fluent Korean.
1: Wow. she So she was like in her 50s when she moved here or a bit older? A maybe? bit older,
0: probably. She was probably, yeah. she moved here, I think, in her late 50s. It's an interesting
1: time to like start your life over in a new country. Right. And also a different mm-hmm.
2: time in the world and a different culturally. Like now you might be like, I'm going to get on. Plenty of fish. Start right. dating. <laughs> right. you know, if you're in your late 50s, you could start a whole new kind of. But I'm fairly certain for your gra- hominy, grandmother from Korea, that wasn't the thing she was doing. No. And so, <laughs>
0: so maybe she is now. You know, she's very fit. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually, this is a lot about accents, too, I think. And and I would love to talk about that with you. That, like, my sister and I were going to have perfect English. <laughs> And so in order to do that, we spoke as much English as possible. Mm. They wanted us to speak Korean and understand Korean, but that was never going to—we didn't want that to collide with our English at all. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, my parents immigrated in the 70s. Um, There was a lot of anti-Asian racism, which still exists today. But having an Asian accent from whatever country you were from is not charming, yeah. It is not cute. It is not considered dignified or smart. Whereas, like, if, if somebody can be speaking with a British accent, it doesn't matter what they're saying. Americans are like, oh. yeah. <laughs> that's adorable, you know, or, like, it sounds really dignified. Just like skin color, some accents are privileged over others.
1: Yeah, and I think I benefit from that, too. Because, like, the Irish accent has associations here in America of, like, being charming and I think being funny, too, mm-hmm. and being... I guess Romantic, those are the two like yeah but not like sexy <laughs> no I'm one's like, like Ooh. Say dirty tree again. Like no one's gonna be it's it's more like I don't know, it's like a cute, like a cutie.
0: Like like mist over the bog. Right. Romantic, yeah. <laughs>
1: Nobody knows what's underneath <laughs>
0: those bogs. Maybe. <laughs> those
1: poems. That's like so romantic. It's funny, I don't hear like a huge variety of accents on like uh, American media. You know, I really mm-hmm. love um You know, it's like BBC Global World News podcast. And like they just have reporters calling in from all over the world. So like it makes sense that they would have accents or like everyone has an accent. And like, but here I'm like, but people live here from all over the world. But like they just don't hear these accents. Like you really don't. Even like, you know, um, Latinos on the news and stuff. I can't tell. Everybody's code switching.
0: Which is a thing that I think comes very naturally to... Mashups, which is mm-hmm. that like we, whether it's your behavior, like you act one way at home or you act one way in one setting and act a different way in another, yeah. Or your your diction changes, like like how Rebecca speaks English to her family is different English and Spanish, like that the blend of that, like the, the, that we're creating new languages and like all Yiddishisms
2: the time. And, right. and all right. that. Yeah, no, I think. Well, also, I mean, I, one of the things that made me fall pretty deeply in love with my husband was that he understood quickly when he met my family and specifically my grandmothers that he had to adjust the way that he w- was speaking and he was able to do it. <laughs> and I think that I see other friends who are not children of immigrants and they talk to like a, a immigrant parent or grandparent using slang and stuff you're like why that's no that's that person doesn't know what you're talking about you're not at all thinking about the way you're communicating and how it's being heard Mm -hmm. it was important to me especially since my my husband is many generations american that he actually quickly understood that and was able to adjust it was something i appreciated about his sensitivity if that makes sense yeah Yeah, totally
0: and that like if you're in a like a more of a monoculture that's something that you don't think about like you said like when you're in Ireland everybody's Irish Yeah, nobody has an accent because everybody's essentially speaking the same way Mm -hmm. and when you are a mainstream white American in this country or many generation white American like everybody sounds like you Mm -hmm. like because all the newscasters sound like you whether they are black brown Asian Mm -hmm. whatever they all still have that like
1: like Central Ohio established right. accent from CBS or whatever. Um, but I just think that's such a cute, great specific that, like, you mightn't have known that that's what you wanted in a partner. Like, that's like, yeah. I love that. You know, that you couldn't have put on your dating profile, like, someone who will know how to address <laughs> my grandmother within a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's so specific to the person. I love that. Hey guys, we're taking
2: a quick break to let you know that Maeve put together a playlist for us about what America sounds like to her. Get it on our newsletter, which you should all subscribe to at mashupamericans.com slash newsletter. In addition to the playlist, you'll also get curated news from around the world and our resistance inspo of the week. Get it. Mashupamericans.com slash newsletter. Back to the chats. What do you think about when you consider whether you want to put roots down?
0: And what does what do roots mean?
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, make babies. I make. guess like buy a place, maybe, or I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. Are you per- have a family, mm-hmm. maybe? Um, Pursuing citizenship, or yeah, but I'm far off citizenship, right? you know i have like another visa to go before i can think about a green card mm-hmm. and the green card is 5 years until you can apply for citizenship so at the, right now where i am it's like 8 years away from beginning to to apply for citizenship right so i'm a long way and those are not even definite right you know i have to get this next visa and then get a green card and then so that's not even a thing that i can think of as an option it's just like maybe So on your
2: show, you are talking to immigrants to America from all places and that different stages in their immigration, when, how long they've been in the States, et cetera. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, you've been doing this for a few months and thinking about it for a year or so in terms of the podcast. What are some through lines that you've seen?
1: One thing that a lot of um, my guests have in common is that like, They have a really strong love for and like maybe didn't want to leave their country, which Mm. I think you don't hear a lot about. Often when I hear talking about immigration, like in America, it's kind of like, well, what are they doing for America? And like, everyone wants to come here and, you know, America is the best. And then it's like, well, actually, like, for example, um, my Syrian guest never planned on. He had to leave Syria. You Mm -hmm. know, he loved Syria. And um, and like he's grateful to be here and like he's making, you know, all that stuff. But at the same time, like he he would love to be in Syria with his, with his family and his twin brother and his dad, you know, and then the same with like, you know, Roz, my my uh, guest who came from China like 70 something years ago. She's almost 90 now and she came. She wow. was 18. She has a really strong link to China. You know, she's she's lucky enough been able to go back there since the curtain lifted. So she's been back there and she has ties to both countries. That's been a very um, strong theme throughout the show that like there's still such a strong attachment and love for your home country or your country of origin, as well as like your new home country, which is in the show's case, always America. Another thing has been this theme of starting over, which might sound mm. obvious, but you really because you do leave one life behind and you start over. But often it's just on such different footing because Mm -hmm. like you're here. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I remember like Yemi, who came from Lagos when she was a teenager, telling me about her dad, who was like a well to do businessman. They had a very middle class life there. You know, he came here and he, he literally was cleaning toilets like he started as a janitor. I didn't want to go for like the striving immigrant narrative or like, you know, but but genuinely, I do think that when you move here and you begin again, Like, you have to really raise your game. Like, you're going to be tenacious and hardworking. And, like, that's just the way it is. So that's been a big theme of the show, too. What does America sound like to you? So, at the moment, like, a bit scared. Like, it does sound a bit scared. But um, there's just so many voices here. (laughs) Like, there's just... mm, there's like so many voices, and I think it's like not finished yet. Like the story and the idea of America. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like, I mean, I've been listening, like, that's like what I've been doing. I've just been like, what do you think? What do you th-? You know, and definitely, I think there's a lot of fear, and I think that's justified.
2: So, from there, we'd love to do a little speed round, which so whatever comes to mind first, they're not hard questions.
0: All right. What is your comfort food? Oh, shake shack.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> no you know what I actually want to change my answer because I'm fucking obsessed with them and as a joke I, want, I said I moved here for Shake Shack I like said that and then they sent me a voucher for $25 and I was like that's it <laughs> <laughs> like I was like that's my that doesn't even cover like <laughs> That's even, that doesn't even cover my fucking That's subway for I a meant, month. Uh, shake, <laughs> this one five. shake. Mm, I want one now. Um, but yeah, that I mean, truly, that is my comfort food, which I need to really address.
0: What menu items?
1: Peanut butter shake and fries.
0: Oh, I mean wow. like Elvis,
1: Elvis style. Dude. No, I just cry and I go into a dark room <laughs> <laughs> and I say, I deserve this. I, I deserve this. It becomes a, a treat that turns into a punishment mm-hmm, mm-hmm, very soon. I understand. What is
0: your Baba Misa?
1: Oh, um, I guess pray to St. Anthony. What was St. Anthony? St. Anthony <laughs> is like the last things. If you lose something, oh yeah, yeah, then I often I'm like, oh, I offer one up. Okay, Anthony, where is it? <laughs> does it work? It's like does, yeah, it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does he, works.
2: Does, does Saint Anthony help with your passwords? Because I always lose password my passwords dementia. in my oh. brain. <laughs>
0: Well, here's
1: a tip: make your password Saint Anthony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, wait, no, you have to go change them all now. Nobody break no! into me. What account. have I done?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you sold me down the river, Anthony. You're no saint. Terrible that saint. Guy. I'm throw well, you like, in the bog, Anthony. I de- <laughs> My friends who are actually like Australian, they just had a baby here, and I've started to think of like all these like. I mean, I was telling them this is like absolutely not still the case but like my uncle was named a girl's name to like protect him from fairies Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and I was like he's only 60 now but like in when he was born his parents believed enough to like actually on his birth cert call him Mary so that, like, the the fairies would think he was a girl and And they wouldn't steal him.
2: him. (laughs) Because fairies only steal boys?
1: Yeah, and then you're you're left with, like, a changeling. You know, they put, like, a crappy baby.
0: Um, Well, thank you so much, Maeve. This was such a fun conversation.
1: Thank you so much. I love your work, you guys. Love yours. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came. I am so excited that we got to talk to someone who's a recent immigrant to the U.S. and just really get to hear Maeve's point of view on what America feels like and sounds like
0: today. She's super honest. It sounds like fear, but also strength and hope. And Irish accents and Midwestern accents and California accents. What, what? What, what? (laughs) All right. Well, so everybody check out Maeve in America. That's M-A-E-V-E in America and all the places that you get podcasts. Her latest episode is all about the children of immigrants. That's us, guys. Yeah, that's us. The Mashup Americans are me, Rebecca Lehrer. And me, Amy Choi. Our producers today were Jocelyn Gonzalez and Hans Buto. Our show is produced by American Public Media and Southern California Public Radio, KPCC.
2: We're also supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Adios! Ciao! We used to sing, sha la 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 la
1: la la la
2: la, just like that,